This week on Dig Me Out. Some things will never change. They stand there looking backwards, have unconscious from the pain. They may seem rearranged. In the backwater swirling, there is something that. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay is joining us. He's on a mission. We can't talk about it, but he's, it's an <laughs> undisclosed location in the desert. Uh, there might be the sounds of coyotes. There might be... Uh, he's kicking off Bro. 2022 in a, in a very unusual fashion. Jay, where are you? Tell the listeners at home. You might hear some coyote. You could hear some donkeys. All the sounds of the desert. I believe those donkeys are called I burrows. In, I am in Terlingua, Texas, in the Chihuahuan Desert. <laughs> He's hunting Just rattlers. Ch- I'm too high to die. There you go. Uh, this is we're kicking off season twelve here. Unbelievable. When we kicked this off, Jay, I thought, well, I didn't think we'd make it to 2022, but uh, I'm glad you we did. Even, like, you didn't think. We still be alive I, as as a planet. I didn't think we were going to make it this far, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad we I are. I'm, I'm disappointed by the lack of jetpacks still and flying cars, but uh, otherwise everything's great. If you've studied history a little bit, you realize things could be much worse. This isn't the Inquisition. True. It's it's true. Hey. It's a new year, and we have new patrons, Jay. We have three new patrons that have joined Stop us. Stop it. Are you serious? I, I am serious. Let's welcome old friend of the show. He said he, he wanted to join the Discord, Joe Royland. He's, he's been with us now. I don't know how many years he's been. He's been a guest on various yeah. roundtables and episodes, and he's, he's hopped aboard, and he's already making waves in the, in the Discord, which is where all the fun happens with the chitter and the chatter. Uh, also. <laughs> Joining us, Martin K. Welcome, Martin. Uh, there's a little pound sign in front of the uh, donation uh, amount, so I'm guessing that's from uh, the UK. Not an AU, so it's not an Australian. Uh, it must be from somewhere in the UK. I'm sure we'll find out uh, that sometime in the future. And then also, most recently, Teresa Hacker. Welcome to the Union. Hope you join us over at the Discord, where all the, the fun chat happens. Um, we also have fun chat at Patreon when we do polls, which is what we're kicking off 2022 with a listener suggestion poll. These always cause, uh, some, some debate, some heartache, and this one's no different. This one did not come down to a tie. This one was a slaughter, uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> busted out from the top from the top ring came down with the figure four uh whatever and uh and decimated uh the uh the uh the heel he was up against because uh i haven't seen i haven't seen a blowout like this in a long time jay have you i don't remember one uh i haven't and i was not expecting it and, me neither um Let's get into it, but yeah. there's a couple records on here I definitely would have expected um, would have gotten more votes than this, but mm-hmm. let's do it. So here were the suggestions for our final 2021 poll that we're doing here in 2022. Richard Mott- Waterman suggested Cry of Love and their album Brother. Darren Lehman suggested the album Sold for a Smile by The Gand Harvest. Eric Peterson suggested When No One's Looking by The Zuzu Petals. Willie Dillon suggested Gold by Starflyer 59. Kyle Bittner suggested Too High to Die by the Meat Puppets. Jody Mann suggested Stressor by Inch. Carl Foss suggested Songs of Early Summer, Semantics of Song by Cursive. Dave Palmer suggested the self-titled album by Sixpence, None the Richer. And Paul Richardson suggested Reinventing Punctuation by Salako. I think that's how you say it, or Celico. And the winner 
was a blowout, the Meat Puppets. 38% of the vote. Nobody got above 20. The closest was the Zuzu Petals with 16% of the vote. Right. Uh, and and a, you had a bunch of kind of down there at the bottom with uh, the Gand Harvest and Cry of Love at 13, Zuzu Petals at 16, as I mentioned. Uh, Cursive with 9. Sixpence got none. Nothing. Nobody voted for that one. Uh, which I, I thought was strange uh, because it got discussion going over on Discord, but nobody voted for it. Sometimes that's that part happens. Part of the fun with these polls now is yes, it's not just about who wins. It's the conversations it sparks. So there was conversation around like, well, the Meat Puppets were the easily going to be the one that wins it. I didn't think that way. Did you? No, I guess in hindsight, it makes sense. But I thought something like, well, I felt like cursive. Maybe maybe I'm under the impression they were a bigger band than maybe they were. But <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure that they would be the type of band that would win this poll. Um, I thought maybe Cry of Love would have got more votes just because it was we had talked about it in the uh, Black Crows episode recently. But uh, you know they got some radio airplay. They were an anomaly for the time. Um, you know it's a it's a record that is both classic and probably stands up now. And then there's things like Starflyer 59, which were kind of buzzy and for a minute. Um, and then there's oddballs like six pence, none the richer, which I could see for no other reason, just people wanting to see what we would say about that. Sure. <laughs> almost, almost trolling us or, or, or something, but uh, it wasn't uh, me. Puppets did not pop to me initially as, Oh yeah, this is going to win. Right. But I guess in hindsight, it kind of makes sense because maybe they had the most radio airplay. Um, Out of all these bands, yeah. Success. I, w- I think so. Well, and I'll, I'll give you just a, a brief history on this record. So it came out in January of 1994 it, uh, on London Records. It was produced by the band with Paul Leary of the Butthole Surfers. It made it to number one on the Billboard Heatseekers chart and number 60, 62 on the U.S. Billboard chart. Uh, the single Backwater made it to number two on the Mainstream rocks, Rock Tracks chart, number 11 on the Modern Rock Tracks chart, number 47 on the Billboard Hot 100, and number 31 on the Top 40 Mainstream. The Top 40 Mainstream chart, that's a pretty big yeah, I mean that's like everything. That's you're not narrowing it down to rock or alternative. Right. You're, you've broken into the mainstream there, and that's top. That's number thirty-one. So yeah, this was a this was a successful record. Um, I don't know. I I, I want to say that this was at least gold, so five hundred thousand copies. I don't know if it went platinum. Maybe I mean it went gold by October of ninety-four, which was what ten months later. So it might have gone yep. platinum by now. And they also won, uh, or they were nominated um, for Best Music Video in 1995 for the other single, which is We Don't Exist, which is odd. Uh, And they lost to More Human Than Human by White Zombie for that award. Uh, And uh, just some other names involved with this. Uh, Dave Jordan was the mixer on this album and he's worked on a lot of records um the band is primarily three people it's the kirkwood brothers kurt who's on guitar and vocals chris who's on bass and vocals and then derek bostrom who's on drums and they are they're all um credited with either paintings or illustrations for the artwork although the front picture is a picture the front the front album cover is a picture yeah right um so this was actually their eighth studio album which i didn't know that at the time i just thought that they were alternative rock band but they had you know gone back they had started uh they were from phoenix arizona and they started in like the early 80s and then it was in the early 90s when they started when they got onto a major label they had been on sst 
and um, put out records, you know, from from 82 basically until 95 uh, every other year. And then um, the album that followed this up, No Joke, came out in 95. And then they took a went on hiatus uh, for Golden Lies that came out in 2007. And then there was a couple more hiatuses, but they're still together and they're still putting out records every couple of years. Uh, last one was Dusty Notes in 2019. Um, the lineup has changed here and there. Uh, it's always been Kurt and, and Chris, obviously. But um, right. the drummers have changed, and then they've added some you know, extra guitar players and whatnot, including Elmo Kirkwood, who I don't know if that's another sibling or a child of, the, <laughs> of one of the Kirkwood brothers. Not okay. sure. Are they like, they're not the Ramones? They're not just adding people and then changing their last name? No, nope. Nope. That's, that is a fact. Okay. Uh, so... You heard this single. Do you have the CD? I do. Um, yeah, I bought this. Um, I bought this when it came out, when the single was hot. Um, I was deep into trying to understand, like, as much as I could about Seattle at that time. Um, like the single, I had heard that. Obviously, they were from there, and they, you know, had a lot of fans within the music community there. Um, so yeah, I went out and bought it. I probably would have gotten it at a Best Buy or something, like as a. I think they were doing those, you know, new release deals at that time, so you could right. pick up new records for, you know, not not full price. They would be like eight ninety nine or mm-hmm. seven ninety nine or something like that. So yeah, I bought it at the time. I listened to it quite a bit. Um. You know, it it got put into the car CD player at some point and stayed in for quite for for several months at least. Gotcha. Um, if not longer. So, yeah, at the time I spent a lot of a lot of time listening to it. I have not listened to it probably since ninety five six. Okay. I never you? got the record. Uh, okay. I just I liked the single, and that was about it. And the and the, really the way that I learned about them was when, you know, Kurt Cobain was a big fan. Uh, specifically of the of their second album, Me Puppets Two, and he covered three songs of theirs for the for the MTV Unplugged performance. He covered Plateau, Oh Me, and Lake of Fire. Lake of For Fire being the most recognizable one um, of those four song of those three songs. And then I was like, okay, what's going on here? Who is who are these Meat Puppets guys? <laughs> who are the, who are these puppets? And uh, I think I actually. I don't know that I got No Joke, which was the next record, but I might have like ripped a copy from our radio station because I used to burn CDs of stuff we would have in rotation. But I don't really remember um, at all. And uh, I did at some point in the early 2000s, like go through a lot of the records and try to give them listens. But I don't remember like it sticking with me where I was where I came away like this is amazing or this is terrible. I just kind of moved on. So this is my first yeah. time really digging into one of the records. And I, while I spent a lot of time listening to this album, I think by the time that MTV Unplugged came out, I was so burned out <laughs> on Nirvana that it didn't do anything for me that they were part of the show and I didn't follow their career after this. Mm-hmm. Whatever that's worth. Maybe we'll find out more as we review the record, but right, uh, it was one and done for me with this band on this record. So our folks over at Patreon, they had some comments. We'll get into them now. John Seaman said, ah, I see we can only vote for one now. Yes, we changed up the voting uh, abilities on this poll just to see what was happening. Uh, he said, I voted for the Meat Puppets because I bought this CD in the 90s and then sold it. Don't know if I made the right decision, but I trust Jay and Tim on this. I was going to also give a pity vote to Six Pence, None the Richer, because no one voted for them. And it would have been funny for this to get its own episode, but uh, F them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I got rid of the multi-votes, because... It forces. Yes. Right. I'm more I, honest. I, I, we're trying to figure out, like, do the pity votes then it mean that's the record that wins sometimes? <laughs> or um can we get more comments associated with the actual winner if we right have well one we did for... 
Yeah. Uh, Kyle Bittner said, glad to see love for the Me Puppets. Like most of you, this album was my entry point, and none of it disappoints. Great lyrics, cool riffs, and beautiful vocal harmonies throughout. Dan Goodspeed said, I was such a big fan of the Me Puppets in the mid-90s. Was just starting uh, being as a fan of the song Backwater, which I had a piano cover that my friends really liked hearing uh, a guitar rock song being played on piano. I thought Backwater was the only song I knew by them until I realized Nirvana not only covered them on the Unplugged album, but brought the Kirkwood brothers on stage with them. In 1995, the band had a super basic website. Most bands had no web presence at the time with an AOL email. I remember I sent a fan email, maybe the only fan email I've ever sent in my life to them, (laughs) and got a really nice thank you letter from one of the Kirkwoods. I no longer remember which one. Anyway, it would be awesome to revisit this album. I haven't listened to it in over two decades. I did just sit down at my keyboard and still remember how to play Backwater after all these years. That's uh-huh. that's very I kind of want to hear that. I, I do. That. Uh, Dan, if you could throw that up on uh, on YouTube, we'd appreciate it. Or, or maybe <laughs> or maybe TikTok that thing for the TikTokers. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they give it, get a kick out of it. Eric Peterson said... Uh, prediction the me puppets will spill the milk based on the name recognition alone he went with the zuzu pedals because he suggested it. however preemptive comment on the me puppets the title is a reference to the ramones too tough to die and the single backwater is a great slice of 90s melodic alt rock i have no memory of the rest of the album if i ever listen to it in full uh other folks uh who also who did not mention the me puppets paul richardson uh nate smith uh Willie Willie Dillon, Joe Royland, Scott Hallgram, uh Chip Midnight. Uh Patrick didn't Patrick Test didn't say who he voted for, but he said it was the only album that he actually had listened to. Uh Sean Brown, uh Gavin. Uh oh no, Gavin did. He said, I don't know any of many of these. So given their relevance, I'll take the Me Puppets. I do have this album, but it didn't cause me to race out to buy others. Interesting. Um, Mike and, and Darren and Justin all uh, went with other stuff besides Me Puppets. And um, Jeremy Med said, while I love to hear you review Sold for a Smile, Too High to Die should be fun for... About four albums or so, so, four albums or so. I was a huge Meat Puppets nerd. This album was one, obviously, with the guest appearance on MTV Unplugged and the Backwater, Backwater single. There was no missing it. That's everyone who commented. Thank you all for doing so. Now let's get into this record. Jay, tell me one thing you liked about Too High to Die by the Meat Puppets. Well, you have to talk about the harmonies with this band. I think that's probably the signature aspect of the band because the music is pretty diverse. They cover a lot of ground here, which I don't dislike. But what holds it all together is um, the voices uh, working together um, and, and the harmonies, which are fairly unique sounding. You know, they're not like mind blowing, but. They have a way of um, working together and emphasizing different parts of the melodies, which I think helps quite a bit. Um, so that's the first thing you notice right away. The other thing is, I I didn't remember the guitar playing being as as interesting um, as it is, but it, it's a really you can tell they're really good guitar players. Like they spent time learning how to like finger pick and play on acoustics well, but also uh, play electric riffs, play electric leads and just do really interesting melodies um, on the guitar. They'd also do a lot of layering and texturing of guitars. Um, Not that there's a lot of guitars, but um, you know, there'll be songs where they're using an electric that's a little bit distorted, or I'm sorry, acoustic that's a little bit distorted or an acoustic and electric um or a a super fuzzed out kind of small sounding um, electric with you know kind of a brighter um sounding electric so there's a lot of variety in terms of tones that leads me to just think between the chops that you hear and the playing and then just also the 
the flexibility with the tones that you know they they spent a lot of time playing guitar and learning different styles um you know something like shine is a good example of like okay there's some real bluegrass feel in there in terms of how they're playing that that's not something that you know every kid who picked up a guitar is going to figure out how to do you got to put some time into figuring out how to do that so there's there's just a um a lot of i think depth to the guitar playing and it's very distinct you got wings on your fingers in the middle of a bottle is a little of the way you talk and you shine and you shine you got cobwebs on your halos in the closet there are skeletons lined up ready to talk and they shine to the point where you know violet eyes kicks off the record and it's it's a rocker uh, I think that riff is Kim Thale like. Uh, it's it's a very Soundgarden-y kind of t- tuned down, heavy riff. But like I mentioned, by the time you get to something like Shine, you know it's it's like folky bluegrass. Um, so, and that's you know middle of the record track five. Um, in between there, you you cover a lot of ground um, from different. You know types of riffs, leads, melodies, tones. So, those were the two things that really stood out to me um, as being, you know, pretty special. I think uh, I wish I would have understood what was going on guitar-wise uh, when I first listened to the record. Um, as much as I do now, that's probably the thing that I missed the first time around. Uh, I focus more on, I think, the styles. Um, I probably like the heavier stuff better the first time around, and obviously the harmonies. So, yeah, that's that's what stood out to me and will work for me. Um, how about you, Tim? Well, having never, you know, digested this whole record, um, I was caught off guard by how much diversity there was. Like you said, you have songs like Shine and Coming Down, that that doesn't sound like anything from 1994-95 from a alternative rock band and it's real interesting how you can get from within six songs go from violet eyes to shine violet eyes like you said has this soundgarden-esque riff and the thing that you know unites all of it is is the brothers harmonies which are so effortless uh, I think yeah. it's one of those things when you have two family members that grow up together and I'm sure they were singing together as kids their whole life that it kind of you kind of like don't appreciate it after a while because it's so a part of everything that they're doing that you have to remind yourself that like, oh, these are all harmonies that they're singing here. Like all of these songs have these dual vocals happening. It's yep. really, really interesting. and. It's also interesting how it works well over such a wide palette of sounds. Uh, You know, Backwater is sort of this very grungy of the time track. Things kind of sounds like a Dinosaur Jr.-esque song uh, with its like feedback and, and, and noise and sort of chunky guitar sounds.
But then you've got, you know, like stuff like that doesn't really fit into a particular sound like Flaming Heart has. It's a very uh, specific and I think to them kind of approach where it's it's a it's a rock song, but it's they integrate a lot of almost like jazzy sounds into these. I don't know if it's the chord voicings or what. Because they're using clean guitars a lot of the times, it, you don't get the heft. So you're really like focusing on the vocal guitar and, and rhythm. And a lot of these things sounded way more. I mean, this sounds like a band and two brothers that have been at it a long time because there are a lot of very tricky little like things happening on some of these songs that had like you know, you couldn't have pulled this off if you were 18. Let's put it that way. Like this, this sounds like some very uh, veteran players with regards to guitar playing and what they're doing. They, they sound like, um, you know, we, we were in a band. If anybody listening had been part of a scene in any way, they feel, they sound like that band that all the other bands admired that had been around a little while and like, could sing harmonies and like play different styles of music and like were really interesting. And like, you you just get that sense now when I listen to it, like, Oh, they were the cool band that all the other bands in town liked. Um, because they were just probably felt to them like one step ahead all the time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, like, like a song, like we don't exist. I could totally hear that with just a single vocal. Yeah. And it would sound you know, we've covered bands like Dada and School of Fish, which had, uh, you know, takes that that integrated weren't just alternative music, but they were they were of the 90s. But they integrated some like 80s alternative in in some of their playing, whether it was the police or XTC or just like some little bit more diverse, you know, amount of sounds. So when you hear like a song like that, which is like this driving guitar part, and then you hear some of the other tracks like serve goddess hand it just has like a, a just a different feel that from what i was expecting cuz this is an album that you would find in every used cd bin now cuz everybody bought it because of the right. single yeah and i think people were way confused <laughs> hearing this because of the fact that there's a lot of very intricate playing and and very I'm actually surprised that Paul Leary produced this because when I think of the butthole surfers, I think of a lot of chaos and and noise and craziness. And this is produced like very clean and and tight. And there's I, there's very little reverb on the drums. Like it's a very snappy sound. And I was just I was just surprised that what I was listening to because it just what was not what I was expecting. Um as a whole. So, yeah, I, I hear some interesting things now too, that I didn't hear at the time. So obviously I can hear the sound garden in violent eyes and I'm not saying that they ripped off sound garden, but like no. there's a familiar familiarity there with the, the style of riff. Uh, but I also hear some things that were not, uh, obvious the first time I hear some, they might be giants. Mm-hmm. here and there uh station for example even like severed goddess hand something about those melody or harmonies remind me a lot of of them
sorry goddess had hand though is a good example of um there's just um like a prettiness to it that you wouldn't hear on a that might be giants album um but they can also do sort of the absurdist silly storytelling stuff too mm-hmm. which also reminded me um of, of that band another band though that came to mind that was uh a song you just mentioned which was, was things i think you mentioned uh Dinosaur who did Jr. that sound like to you Dinosaur Dinosaur Jr. Jr. that sounds like blue oyster cult to me <laughs> really yeah that's crazy um those melodies uh, especially when they when they add the harmonies to it man that sounds a lot like blue oyster cult um Huh. Even if you only know only know Don't Fear the Reaper, like think about like how that's sung. Um and what that sounds like. Those tones and just the feel of that. Uh, it's very similar to, to what you hear in things. So and then there's um you know, there's some straight up like country stuff on here, like coming yeah. down is a fairly traditional country song and there's some blues roof with a hole yeah is a pretty straightforward blues groove so they definitely can dip into you know very genre specific sounds um those aren't my favorite songs but they they're confident like they can play that stuff it doesn't sound like some review some bands we reviewed were you know they try to stretch and do different things and Try different genres, and when they try to go into a different style, you're like, "Yeah, I get what you're trying to do, but you can't really pull that off." Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the strongest material, but I just think from a just from a playing standpoint, they can pull that stuff off. I I wonder how much the you know this is an Arizona band. Uh, I wonder how much influence seeped in from like Texas blues and country. New Mexico, like that whole sort of touring circuit down there of indie bands in the in the 80s. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how much that kind of got them um, influenced or, or listening to stuff that maybe wasn't, uh, you know, what, what every punk was listening to in the uh, in the late 70s and early 80s, because you think about it, you know, you're thinking of like the, the big names like Ramones and 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 sex pistols and that kind of stuff but there was the whole like cowpunk uh scene that uh uh eric peterson has made us aware of that we didn't know about um or weren't as you know well educated on and i could see that sort of sound being uh prevalent when they're developing in the 80s yeah. um and and you know they're I believe they started as just sort of a hardcore punk band and then evolved, which I'm not surprised. I mean, they started in what, like 80, 81, 82, something in there. So that makes sense. And then they sort of learned uh, over time how to, how to write songs and how to write melodies and how to use those. I I don't know how much those (laughs) harmonies are being put to use in a hardcore punk band. uh, Right. When they're, when they're young. So yeah, I, in terms of what didn't work, it actually sits more with the production than some of the songs. Like, some of this is so clean and pristine that it, I feel like it's, um, it almost does a disservice to like how cool the vocals are because I feel like a little bit of like more dirt and and fuzz on some of the tracks would have actually benefited because i i did find like some of them like too pretty almost whereas backwater has like the perfect amount of like fuzz for them what did you think of the production yeah back backwater i'm with you backwater sounds different i don't know why it sounds better better produced um the mix Mm -hmm. sounds better there are some problems, I think, on this record on the mixing, um, if nothing else. I, I'm sure there's other things that could have been done but differently, but if you listen to Backwater and compare it to the other tracks, the there's something about the mix on that that song that's right, and all the other songs are just off a little. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're missing often the they're missing like a mid or something like uh they sound a little hollow or the drums are inconsistent um on some of the other tracks um that song sounds more i don't know it's just got an oomph to it um a better mid-range and i don't know if that's just because there's the distorted guitars through most of it it just helps fill that space and some of the other a lot of the other material is like i had mentioned earlier these mixes um mixes of um acoustic and electric and clean guitars which can be tricky to mix like how do you where do you fit those and especially when you got two vocals all the time like that's not necessarily an easy thing to figure out like where does everything fit in that so i think overall i there's it's just inconsistent from track to track everything sounds a little bit different like the drum tones sound a little different the guitar tones even though i like the different guitar tones there's not like a just a consistency to the mix um in terms of just overall quality it's just some of the stuff sounds too hollow or it's too vocal focused or not vocal focused enough or it's just kind of all over the place um so yeah i i, I have some issues with the production on this record as well i, I think it's it not- serves well on like you said backwater whatever they did specifically for that mix for as a single and then on like right. the actually the the more country stuff like shine and yeah. coming down like it fits perfectly but right. it's just some of like the mid-tempo or stuff that you said that like almost gets into a uh, a, uh they might be giants kind of vibe yeah. that there's yeah like it almost like loses the the middle range of where the bass kind of should be above the clean guitar and, and it's too thin evil love is a good example where it's a lot of clean guitars. The drum part is not remarkable. It gets a little like kind of lazy and not interesting after a while. The vocals are amazing, but kind of sounded like, like a, a um a, a a lazy Smiths cover. Yeah, at, at part at times. Last hand I shook was a boat that floated on its back all day in the middle of a song about trees that are scared of the dark. Yeah, it's it's just missing something. I'm yeah. not sure what it is. It's either a rhythm guitar track, or maybe the bass is not mixed right, or there's just way too much emphasis in that song on the on the you know pedestrian drumming, and then the spectacular vocal and like everything else is just um a wash. So yeah, that's just one example, but there's many on this record where there's just something a little bit off on the production. Well, and Roof Without a Hole, I think that's an interesting idea, but it needed like, it needed like that Jimmy Page solo that happens when they would do like, (laughs) you know, Since I've Been Loving You or something like that. Like it just needed that like one epic part because otherwise it just, it kind of sounds like a bad Stevie Ray Vaughan song. Which yeah, I mean they hard, do the like slow style. Yeah, they do the slow burn kind of blues vibe fine. But the reason that those songs work is because you get like either a incredible vocal performance at some point or like a guttural like right emotive vocal blues vocal or you get an amazing guitar solo or some other instrument. Um and you don't have those two things in that song, so you just kind of get like this passable slow burn blues feel but it doesn't really ever 
you don't get the Hendrix solo or the over the top Jimmy Hendrix or uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan vocal and solo. Even though the the acoustic solo in that song is it's kind of nice. It's just not fire. It's just nice. It's like, yeah. Mm, okay. This this is okay. It's okay. Right. And yeah. I, th- I that's what ends up happening for a, a significant portion of the material is it's nice, but it's not necessarily like something that warrants a repeated listen. It's just it's a nice album track. Okay. And there are a couple of, of standouts, but not not enough that I wanted to go back and re-listen to this over and over again, even though I did. Yep. Um, what did you think of the did you okay, so did you get the hidden track? Ma I have the rip from the CD or from the CD which had coming down was the last song. Well, there's a cover of on that cover, they redid Lake of Fire as a hidden track after coming down. I don't okay. know why. Um, this is actually around the same time of the uh you know, the cover that was on Nirvana, uh unplugged. So I'm not sure why you would put that as the hidden track. Um you know what? I was I was listening to this. I, I went between my rip and the um and the streaming version. Mm-hmm. And I when I was listening to the rip, I was letting it play. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this song was on this record. Like I remember Nirvana covering this song, but I didn't realize it was on this record. Is that the one that's on the hidden track? Yes. But it's not from this record. It's just a, they just redid it for this record. Right. It's from like nineteen eighty two. Uh okay. for Meat Puppets too. Because so it, it kind of like I was driving and it went quiet and then it came on. I was like, oh, huh. I didn't right. even know this was on this record. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I probably never even got to it. Maybe I never even got to it before. I just or didn't notice. There you go. You just, That's funny. You just, dang hidden tracks. Yeah. Um, so th- like I mentioned, this this sold gold within a year. And it did very well thanks to the single Backwater. Um, I think that I, I was trying to figure out, I know they did, I know We Don't Exist was the second single, but I didn't really hear other than that song. I mean, there are some cool songs, but I don't hear any other like blatant singles on this. Uh, uh Maybe Violet Eyes, but... I don't know. Do, do you? Is there another one that you would pick as a single? No. no. Other than we don't exist, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe things. There's. There's also a little bit of um. They get a little drony at times. Um. Never to be found in Violet Eyes are a good example. Um, Flaming Heart is another example where it's okay. They're they're kind of saving it with the harmony, but the melody itself isn't particularly strong. Yeah, vocally. And then there's other songs where it's great, like Backwater is a good example. Shine is a good example, where you get these great melodies that have a lot of movement and just notes and are really sophisticated. And then you've got some others that are just kind of moany droney, like they're not they're not fantastic um so it kind of gets hard i think to find another single just based on that like you need that hooky vocal melody and while the harmonies cover sometimes and still make it interesting there's not a consistently like um another song that's as consistently melodic as as backwater is i agree with you and i think I, i was trying to analyze that like one song versus another backwater i noticed it has distinct chord changes and the melody while it touches on those chord changes plays off of them more than lines up with them whereas if you take a song like never to be found it's like a three chord progression but those vocal melodies hit exactly where those chord changes are and are basically like right in line with them so it doesn't feel as interesting from a vocal standpoint and that's where i i i felt like what you said the vocals are really 
or not the vocals, but the um, the harmonies are really saving a lot of these. Where if it was just one person, these would be kind of dull melodies that yep. don't stretch because they there's not a lot of like pushing the vocals into any sort of territory that would be uncomfortable or or like you said guttural or or anything like that. Yep. So, well, let's get into our overall rating for this record. Were the album better EP or decent single? What do you say? I'm going to say an EP. I, I did not, like I, I had mentioned earlier, and I think another there was another comment that was very similar where I bought this record, I put time into it, there were things about it I liked, but overall I didn't love all of it. Um, and that proved out in that I didn't continue to buy or consume any more of this band's catalog. Um, but you know, I I did like things at the time and revisiting it, I I still like some of it. So I'm going to be in an EP. Um, the record starts off a little, even though I, I probably liked Violet Eyes at the time. I don't think it's remarkable in any way. Um, it, and I don't think Never to Be Found is fantastic either. Um, I don't think it's until We Don't Exist that you really, things kind of click and you get what this band is about and what's making them unique. So We Don't Exist is, is my first track, Severed, Goddess Hand, uh, Shine, Backwater, Things, and Why. Um, I left off even like Roof of the Hole, which is an okay blue song and coming down, which is okay. Country song. Just again, like, I don't know. Those aren't going to be songs. I'm going to want to go back and relive revisit. Like I heard it. I appreciate it, but it's doesn't really connect. Um, as well as, as the ones I mentioned. So I'm at one, two, three, four, five, six, six song EP. I'm about there with you. I, I have five songs. I go, I, my lead off track would be backwater. I think that's, if you're going to rearrange an EP, I'm going Backwater number one. We don't exist two. Um, I like Flaming Heart as a as like a third track there. Then Shine, and then um and then Things to wrap it up, or maybe Things and or and then Shine end on Shine. But I'd be at a five song EP for this. Um, is I don't think there's anything that's terrible. <laughs> Excuse me. No. It's terrible. It just some things just did not click for me. Um and I think it's an interesting it now makes me more interested to check this band out and like really like sample some things here and there that I didn't know. Um go on to Spotify and just see what the I they only have this one song that people know, so I'm curious what the other top 10 songs are in the in the Spotify list to check to check those out. So we need to thank uh, the suggester of this album, who was Kyle Bittner. He, uh, I'm surprised he didn't uh, throw some hip. Uh, you know, you gotta get <laughs> get us some uh, some road apples or some uh, something in there we haven't covered. But uh, I want to thank all the folks: Richard, Darren, Eric, Willie. Kyle, Jody, Carl, Dave, and Paul, who suggested a, a record for us. You can go to our website, digmeoutpodcast.com, go to the Suggest an Album page, and drop your suggestion in. We get them every week, every, not every single day, but every week we've got new suggestions. They go in the hopper. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in every month. It's always a, a, a grab bag of oddballs and stuff I've never heard of and stuff that I'm mildly familiar with. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in January 2022 uh, for our next poll. And uh, you can also go to uh, DMOUnion.com or DigMeOutUnion.com to uh, join the union, which is where you vote on the poll. It's also where you uh, get access to uh, the box newsletter, which goes out every week like clockwork two new reviews of 80s and 90s new music movies or books 
and then a calendar of new releases. We're a little thin at the end of the year. End of the year is tough with new releases. We're like digging out random singles that people put out uh, to try to fill the fill the weeks. I don't I don't even think the last week of the year had any new releases. People were just like, forget it. Year's over. We're done. We're taking we're taking the week off. You got that weird week between Christmas and Thanksgiving here in the United States. Christmas. I mean, Christmas and New Year's uh, that uh, everybody's just kind of in a haze. You don't know what day it is. And you're just waiting for the for January to kick in. And so uh, box newsletter, you sign up for that at digmeoutpodcast.com. And uh, if you like what you heard, leave us a positive feedback at uh, Apple Podcasts. Jay, this is it. The start of season 12. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. We got 51 more episodes to go. Plus, as we announced, our bonus chip interview episodes, which will be dropping into the feed for everybody to check out. Looking forward to adding those to our portfolio of uh, of podcast episodes. And then, of course, we have the exclusive 80s episodes every other month at patreon six more 80s episodes for people to check out uh you realize with uh right now we're planning on an extra two episodes a month from chip of artist interviews yep we're gonna be at a thousand much faster if we stay on that pace or or go go quicker than that oh yeah a thousand faster than than you thought we're going to be at a thousand by March. <laughs> if my math checks out and it doesn't. We're yeah, we'll be we'll, math. That's why we do. Right. Podcasts. Well, let's let's see. Let's figure this out. All right. So normally there's four weeks in a month. We're adding two additional weeks. So that means there's six weeks in each month now. No, wait, that's not right. Uh, never mind. We'll just figure it out. You guys just keep listening and uh, we'll keep showing up. And that's all that really matters. Uh, so for Jay, I'm Tim we're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out Dig Me Out